Hey everyone, Zach here with a really quick note before we get started. I just wanted to let you know that tickets are now available to the Author Life Summit taking place September 10th and 11th in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado. This conference is hosted by myself and Jay Thorne, and there are only 50 tickets total available. Yeah, 50. So you're going to want to jump on this now. We have great guest speakers, including Becca Syme, J.D. Barker, Mark Leslie Lefebvre, and so many more. So look for the link down in the show notes to purchase your ticket today, or you can visit theauthorlife.com slash summit 2022. Thanks and enjoy today's episode. This podcast has bad words in it. You have been warned. I'm Zach Bohannon. I make my living telling stories, but I'm also a metalhead, retired drummer, avid gamer, and most importantly, a loving father to an awesome little girl. Join me each week as I sit down with a fellow parent and discuss balancing a creative life with family, careers, hobbies, and all the other things we love. This is the Creator Dad Podcast. All right, Amanda. So you brought it up before we start talking. I have to ask, what are you drinking? Oh, well, um, this is my kettle one martini. Um, if you follow me or you've met me in person, you know that I have um, a borderline obsession with martinis. Am I <laughs> Does that make me sound really bad? <laughs> so it's funny. You were saying it before you, we came on, you were like, by the way, I'm drinking out of a martini glass. And, and I was, I was going to mess with you and be like, yeah, that, you said that's my brand. I was like, no, I think that's just you because that is like the fond memory I have of you when I met you in person was yeah. you was was you at that table at the Selmore Book Show Summit, uh, like just opening wine bottle after wine bottle. <laughs> Me, you are obviously confused. Well, you know, Zach, I really think that to have an effective brand, you should live your brand, right? Absolutely, so it's all professional, really. Yeah. I mean, no, I tell, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that the most authentic brands are like when you're actually being yourself. Yeah. And I mean, like I wear black t-shirts all the time. I have this big beard. Like I listen to heavy metal. I write dark fiction. It all like, that's just who I am. No mistaking who you are. Yeah. Like it would be really weird if I was a romance writer or something, I guess, <laughs> you know, like, I don't I think mean, that would work out. Some people are probably into that. So I'm just saying. They're probably, I'm, I'm sure there are. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, I'm not going to try to find them necessarily. So. <laughs> but yeah. And plus like, so it's funny. We, um, we, we just recently got reconnected because, you know, I took a, Oh gosh, I guess it was three, three year break from social media. Was it that long? Yeah, yeah. I was gone for three years. Yeah. And so I, I, Instagram was the only platform I came back to. Yeah. And I spent like a couple of weeks going through and like cleaning up all the people I followed before I did it. And, um, it, it's still an experiment. I don't know how long I'm going to stick around, but I am enjoying it since I kind of got it cleared out and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but you're one of the people I've reconnected with a few people and you were one of them. And I totally forgot, you kind of took a little blame for this before we started talking, but like, I forgot too, that you lived close to me now. Yeah. All right. So uh, it, it, it's funny. You used to live in Denver, which is where I want to move. <laughs> I hear that a lot from, from people in the Nashville area. They're like, you moved from Denver? Like what? That's my dream place. And yeah. So, but Nashville's, yeah. Na Nashville's awesome though. Oh like, yeah. It's yeah. great. What Beautiful. brought you here? 
So we actually moved here. So I grew up in San Francisco. I'm actually a Californian, um, lived there for most of my life. And then about seven years ago, my husband and I left for his work and he sort of dragged me around the country for the last seven years. So we were in Dallas, Texas, and then we were in Spain and then we were in uh, Denver for a few years. We kind of thought we would stay in Denver. Um, we bought a condo and everything there. And then he got a job to here in Nashville. So we uprooted again and moved here. So about um, just about a year. It was April, I guess, exactly a year, April of last year. Nice. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. right out of year. So that's awesome. And it was, you know, it was weird because we moved and it was still sort of the heart of the pandemic yeah. and we had a baby. Um, she's almost two now, but at the time it was just, things were really weird. And we just, you know, so we were very, uh, we were reclusive, you know, we didn't really leave the house much those first few months. And I didn't, I, I thought, oh, Nashville has this great writing community, but then I didn't really connect with anyone for probably six months because yeah the world was a weird place at the time. So finally coming out of our shell now. <laughs> yeah, there, no, there, and there really is a really good writing community here. So we were talking about some of the people before, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, including the former guest of this show. Uh, I've had, I've had CG Cooper on, I've had on array on, and actually this Friday I'm interviewing Robert. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so all the people I mentioned to you are going to have been on the show after a couple of weeks from now. So, so you weren't just name dropping. You do. Actually. I wasn't just name dropping. Yeah. And I just had the the most recent episode as we're recording now was Dave Chesson, and he oh, he, lives, he lives here too. Yeah, so the local celebrity Dave yeah. Chesson. Yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, I have all these Nashville people, and I haven't interviewed well, any of them in person. <laughs> yeah, there's there really is a ton of people, and even some some larger name authors who are not in the indie community, but um, J T Ellison and Brad Thor lives here, and yeah. uh, some interesting things. So it, yeah, it, it attracts our people. So do you you like it here though? I do. You know, there's been some adjustments. Um, the weather mostly was yeah. a challenge. I was like, why is it so sticky? <laughs> um, growing up in the West where it doesn't rain ever. Yeah. And it basically rains 24 seven here, but I do, you know, it's, it's gorgeous. I, I can't believe I call it like the no filter green. I take pictures and people are like, that can't be real. I'm like, it, is. <laughs> it really is that green. Um, and people are really friendly and it's yeah. kind of got a, we're, so we're right in, um, we're about 15 minutes from downtown Nashville. So it's got this very like small town country feel yep. for being a capital city, you know? Um, and so it's nice. And I love country music. So I, <laughs> I've been, you know, I mean, Broadway's a little crazy. I don't necessarily enjoy going down on the strip, but I do love to go see, you know, any pick a bar, coffee shop, restaurant, and there's somebody performing, which I love. So yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a, uh, it's funny. You mentioned the humidity because I moved here uh, from Mississippi. Oh. So like being here is just like, it's not that humid, but, but like, that's also part of the reason I thought I've wanted to move to Colorado is because yes. I'm, I've lived, I've lived in the South my whole life. So I've lived uh, in yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is like the most non-Southern state I've lived in, like, but it's still basically in the South. It's technically the South, right? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but South Carolina, Mississippi, and then here. So like, oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of like wanting to go eventually, but not, not anytime soon, but that, yeah. that could be something. Colorado is the opposite. There's 0%. Hum- I think it's negative humidity in Colorado, but, um, yeah, it's funny. Like we like just things like things dry so fast in Colorado. Like you can hand wash something and it'll dry here. It'll be like three days later. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, and it's, you mentioned like my favorite thing about Nashville too, is that Nashville has a really big city vibe, but it's not big. Like, yeah, it really is small. It, it's really, 
I mean, traffic sucks, but like you can, for the most part, if it's not during rush hour, like you can yeah. get in the city, go get out and then you can be out of town and like out basically in, you know, kind of in the country, almost in the countryside, like within not very long. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's, that's like my favorite thing about being around here. So, um, cause you just, you, you get a lot of the big city amenities, amenities and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. So, awesome. but, uh, yeah. So, um, so let's talk about your writing a little bit because I, I honestly like, don't know, like, I know what you kind of, what you write and stuff, but, um, I guess one place I want to start is, um, uh, how long have you been full-time? Cause you're, I know you're full-time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long have you been full-time? Um, so since when technically 28, the first part of 2018, I believe, okay. um, I kind of took the leap a little prematurely, but I was sort of just in a, a life phase. I was, I was freelancing consulting. I kind of left the corporate world and then I was freelance consulting. I did like corporate communications and creative uh, creative consulting before. And I had a number of things published and I was kind of just in a position where I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give this a go full time and and see how it works. Um, we were living abroad at the time and, and so I did, and then I never looked back. So, um, I don't necessarily recommend doing that for everybody because it's a little scary if you can't, you know, if it doesn't work out, you're like, Oh, what a shit, what I just do. Um, but so, but it, it, it worked out and it, you know, ups and downs, but it's been, um, so I guess it's been three and a half going on four years now. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think there's a balance there. Like I think that, cause I feel like I actually stayed at my job too long. And I, I think that we, at some point you have to take that leap and yes. it's just the same thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sure when you were, when, you know, people started to figure out you were pregnant, you're going to have, you hear all the same stuff. Like, uh, you know, you're never, you're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have enough time, blah, 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 blah. Like, and it's kind of the same thing with this. Like, you know, you can prepare, like say, keep trying to save money, keep looking for the right time. But like, that's, unless you know exactly what enough is and you've defined that, like it's, yeah. you're never really gonna, like, you just have to take the leap at some point, you know? Absolutely. And I, I think people, and I have historically suffered from, you know, letting perfect be the enemy of done. And yeah. at, you wait for the perfect conditions. Um, it's funny you mentioned like, you know, the pregnancy thing, we waited and waited and waited because it was like, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. Oh shit. We're running out of time. Um, <laughs> you know, But the same kind of thing with writing. It's like, if you, if you wait around for everything to line up, it probably will never happen because there's always going to be a risk factor involved. I mean, yeah. no matter how successful you are, you're still walking away from paid benefits and maybe a 401k and just the stability that comes with a day job that depending on what your day job is, um, that you're just never going to have with writing. I mean, and you can always have a bad year. You can have a great year and then the next year you can tank. And so there's always going to be a certain level of that, I think, for most people. And um, so I, I think at a certain point, you just have to have a little faith in yourself and I mean, have, maybe have a backup plan, but yeah, just go yeah I mean, the, the worst case scenario and, 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 you know, cause myself and Jay Thorne, we kind of went full time at the same time. Like we kind of yeah. had the plan just within months of each other. And I remember, um, when we did our first authors on a train trip, that was just the first the two of us. And then Joanna Penn and Lindsay Broker, like we were sitting, I, I had, you know, been talking to Joanna and Lindsay that whole week about, uh, my, the, my worries and like, I'm ready to go full time, but like, I'm worried about my healthcare and stuff. And I'm yeah. that last night, 
Joanna, you know, had had a few drinks and looked at me and she's like, look, go home, figure out your health care and like quit being scared, you know, yeah. and, and, and go, you need to go home, quit your job. And that's what I did. I went home, I looked to figure out the healthcare thing. And then I was like, okay, I'll figure this out. And, um, well, then and, and I remember, <laughs> I remember Lindsay saying, um, you know, Lindsay was like, you know, this sounds a little woo woo, but you know, you'll, if you need the money, you'll find a way to make it. You know? And I do believe that. And I totally do too. And, and, and another thing that Jay and I talked about a lot and, you know, when we were going, and even now, like we've talked about, you know, the worst case scenario is you have to go get a job. Like it, right. it's, it's not, it's not that big of a deal, <laughs> you it's know, not. like it's, it's not, not the end of the world. And that's what I always figured. I was like, I will, there'll always be something I can go back to. And yeah, I mean, worst case, I take, I take a step back from where I was, but I knew at the time I was, was kind of in this place where I was starting to climb up in a corporate world and mm. I didn't, it wasn't a world I wanted to live in. I just didn't, I did not see a future. I'm like, I don't want to be the vice president of whatever corporate company that wasn't my dream. And so I knew that I was getting to that point. Um, you know, they call it kind of the golden handcuffs, right? You get to a point in your career where you're doing well and you're like, you, it's, it's so hard to walk away from. And I was like, I don't want to let this go any farther before I feel like I can't leave it. Like yeah, you get trapped. You, you yeah, can get you to get a point where you're trapped and it's like, you know, you, especially as you get promoted, you start making more money. It's like, how do I walk away from this at this point? You know? Absolutely. So I, um, I knew it was like sort of now or never. I just, I just needed to do it. You know, but I'm glad. Yeah, I did. That's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people won't, wouldn't do that. I mean, a lot of people would just keep climbing, like do, doing the hamster wheel and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, if, if that's what you want to do or yeah, whatever, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I can even understand how you can love writing and want to publish, but maybe not even do it full time. I mean, I do know people who are like, yeah, I love it, but I don't ever want to have that insecurity of of not having a steady paycheck. And I I totally understand that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, Paul Paul Tremblay, who is like a a really successful, traditionally published author. I mean, he still works as a teacher because he loves it. And he's like the same thing. He's like, even though he's gotten he has blurbs and gotten, you know, from Stephen King and he's won awards and he's all this stuff. He's like, ah, I still want to be a teacher, you know, like, and yeah. it's, and having that security. And there's the other thing is, and I have this, I have this conversation all the time with authors and, and I understand why a lot of people see that dream of wanting to go full time and maybe they're in a job they don't really love, or they just, they just love, love the idea of writing all day, but mm-hmm. it 100% changes your relationship with it. Once you're dependent on it, yeah, it, it complete. And I, I honestly feel like there were a lot of days when I still was working my full-time job that I actually wrote more because I had those time constraints that I yeah. had to get it done, you know? Absolutely. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, so it's, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think some people really need to stand back and ask themselves like why they want to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's okay to be content with your day job and still do this on the side. It can be a Definitely. great extra month, you know, side living. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Trust me. There's days where I'm like, maybe I could just go back to consulting. Like, <laughs> cause I'm just yeah. like, you know, like you said, it changes your relationship and, I, at the end of the day, I can't imagine doing anything else. And, um, I love what I do so much, but there are days where it's, it's hard. Like you sit down at your desk, and you're like, I've got nothing. Like I yeah. literally don't know how to do my job right now. And it's a very weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But you figure it out, you, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you, you figure out those little things you need to do to, you know, like whether it's go for a walk or just some, for some people, it's just 
stay in the chair until you start, you know, going, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Like, I don't want to be doing anything else. So for me, it's all about being able to control my time. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, not, of course, the last couple of years, this hasn't really been a thing, but it's becoming a thing again. But like, if my daughter has something during the day at school, I can go and I, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm there, you know, Absolutely. Um, and, and things like that. Like those are, those are the really important moments. Yeah. Right. What was, uh, what, what do you feel like with your day job? I mean, what, what, what do you think was the hardest thing for you to walk away from? Um, I mean, frankly, the, probably just the consistent money. I mean, that yeah. was, um, and there was a certain level of, I did it. I worked a lot, but I also had a lot, of, I, I had a lot of flexibility, but it, there was a certain level of, I, I clocked out theoretically. Um, and then I was done with it. I didn't necessarily take it home with me. So if I was going on a trip or over the weekend or whatever, I was like, I finished up my projects with my clients and then I could just be off. I didn't really have to think about my work anymore. Um, Whereas with writing, I never stop thinking about it. And I, I never feel like I've accomplished everything on my list. There's just always something to do. And um, my brain is just working 24 seven and, you know, so I'm constantly taking notes and I'm constantly at work weekends. And sometimes I work late into the night, I get up super early to work. Um, So there's, there's a certain, sometimes I wish I could just turn it off or just not have to think about it over the weekend or, um, but that was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also weirdly miss, well, this is, this is going to be sometimes yes, sometimes now there was a certain amount of, I, I missed having coworkers and yeah. some of the daily interaction. Um, sometimes like an excuse to just dress up and go do something, you know, a meeting or a client lunch writing can be very isolating as you know, and you, especially you know, we've moved around so much that I've had to kind of rebuild my life in like five different states over the last few years. And so always you're kind of never in a position where you're going out and meeting coworkers or you're kind of stuck at home and it can just be really isolating. Um, and so sometimes I miss, I have to really try to find people. And luckily the writing community is, is so great. And that's usually where I, um, I reach out. The first thing I do when I get to a new city is like, okay, where are all the writers located? And, <laughs> Um, even if they're not in my genre, you know, I had great luck in Colorado. I got involved with RWA, which is the Romance Writers of America. And I don't write romance, but they were just a really wonderful group of writers that I still met some really great friends. Um, and so, um, yeah, long-winded answer. Sometimes the isolation can get to you. But so do you um, do you ever like go out and write in coffee shops or the library or anything like that? Um, you know, I used to in Denver all the time. We lived downtown. I mean, really right downtown. I didn't even own a car. And so I would all the time I would leave and I would go right in, in coffee shops coming, you know, since we got to Tennessee, it's been a little different. Um, one, because I had, when we first got here, um, I was still sort of watching the baby full time. Yeah. And so I was kind of, I had really taken about a year, really like a year off just to sort of be a mom and, and do all that. So at first um, I wasn't doing much. And then um, she started going to school when she was 18 months, going to a little preschool. And so kind of got me back to writing full time. And so now I, I try to, but I'm kind of, I'm about 10 minutes from the nearest coffee shop, which is not that long, yeah. but there's this part of me that still has to train myself to like get in the car and drive somewhere Yeah, because I spent so many years living in a position where I didn't have a car even. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not very good at doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, 
I, I definitely have those days where I have to go do that. I mean, yeah. usually it's at least once a week. Um, uh, lately I've gone, I have really haven't been going, but I have a great coffee shop that's right by me um, where I, I become really good friends with the owner and stuff. Shout uh-huh. out to shout out to Bella Vista in Smyrna, Tennessee. But, uh, but yeah, so I'll go there and, and stuff and it, but it's, it's close. So it's not a big drive and yeah. it's also right by my daughter's school. So oh, that's it's, yeah. yeah. So I can go right for a couple hours, like, and then go pick her up and stuff. So, I, and I need to do that. I, I get a little, I have a little office set up, but I definitely could use to get out of my house. More yeah. <laughs> it definitely helps, you know, yeah. cause, cause I get a little stir crazy just sitting yeah. and, you know, not being just being around other people makes it makes Absolutely. a big difference. Yeah. And I met good people just from sitting there and stuff. One from of my, there, yeah. one of my best friends, um, Brittany, that she like, we met because I was sitting there and she was like, what I see this guy all the time. Like, what's he doing? And then I doing? ended up through 2020 helping her write and publish a book. So oh, that's awesome. yeah. Yeah. So, and she's see, the uh, writing community is so giving. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, especially like in Brittany's case, it was really cool because one of the worst things, and this isn't anything, this is when you're trying to help anybody with anything is like when people ask for your advice and then don't listen. Oh, and, and like, and, and it's fine, but like, don't at the same time, like, don't waste my time. Like if you yeah. want help with something then, and, and Brittany, you know, when I first met her, I, I could tell she was very driven, but then I was like, Hey, here's five books to read like to start out. And I gave her five books on like, you know, by like Chris Fox and Joanna yeah. Penn and stuff. And it was like a week and a half later, she was like, Hey, I finished these books. What's next. No. And I was like, that that's, I was like, I will help you because kind of um, that, yeah, absolutely. And, but I've also made like a really, really good friend out of it. So awesome. yeah. So it's uh yeah. So getting out and doing that stuff every now and then can be, can be good, but I also understand the idea of, you know, and, and I'm not even, it's much easier for me to get ready to leave. So, <laughs> you know, I don't have to doll myself. I have to get my beard all, I have to get it very pretty. But I other than that, I do have to blow dry it. So <laughs> you know? I suppose I could go out in my, my workout clothes or something, but um, no, it's, I, I do need to definitely need to like get out more and, and experience. I noticed, you know, during the pandemic and the lockdown, um, like we were, we were pretty locked down in Colorado for a long time and my creativity just tanked. Um, mm. I was, I realized like being isolated at home all the time without seeing other people, I was just sort of losing my spark a little bit. Now there's a lot of other things going on and got a baby yeah. and all that, but I, I sometimes really need to just be out in public watching the world, uh, and just getting inspiration. I, I went out on, um, Broadway the other day and I just got done saying I never go out on Broadway, but I happened to do it. With <laughs> and we were just like, let's just do it. You know, let's just go see some music or something. Cause I really needed, I had just wrapped up a project and I was like, I need to clear my head and I need to like witness humanity being the idiots that they are on Broadway. And it was just so, it actually, I came away with it really inspired to write because That's you just awesome. see like people, anyone who's watching who's never been on, you know, Broadway in Nashville, Tennessee, it's, it's kind of like Bourbon Street meets Vegas meets, uh, I don't know. Uh, a, a never ending bachelorette party. Never ending bachelorette <laughs> party. Like it is yeah. a weird place. <laughs> um, and so, but it's hilarious people watching. And so sometimes I just need that, like to get out and like experience the world. 
Yeah, no, I totally get that. So that you something you mentioned earlier, I wanted to ask you about too, is you, you mentioned like not being able to turn your brain off and, and yeah. working all the time. Like, have you, uh, I guess I kind of have two questions here. So the first one I ask is like, do you, um, have you found a way to like set up any sort of boundaries with yourself? Like, do you work specific hours? Um, you know, like what, what does that kind of look like for you? Sure. Yeah, I do. So I, you know, my husband works a traditional ish nine to five. I mean, he goes to an office and comes home in the evening. Um, and now our daughter goes to school five days a week. Um, so really I, as I had a hard time in the beginning when my daughter was first born, cause back before, before we had a kid, it was kind of like, whatever, work all the time. It doesn't matter. My husband traveled a lot for work. It was kind of like, I could work all the time if I felt like it. Yeah. And then once we had a, a kid, like, as you know, you're like, well, now I have to sort of have some kind of you know, I don't want to be that parent that's just like always on their computer or phone when they're, you know, kids around. So I work when she's at school, you know, so Monday through Friday are my work days, depending on how busy I am. If I'm on a deadline, I will try to get up early. Like me, I usually get up at like 5am anyway, but I'll try to do like an hour of work in the morning before she wakes up. And then when she wakes up, it's time for her. Um, And I just, I make sure that I turn off the phone and computer and that from those hours before she goes to school. So I don't know, six to eight or whatever it happens to be that she has my full attention. Um, and then I don't feel so guilty, you know, when she's at school during the day, then it's like, okay, like hit the pavement, work, 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 work. And then when I pick her up at three thirty, four o'clock, then I'm back to just focusing on her for those few hours. Um, so I really just try to keep to that. And like you mentioned, you get more work done sometimes with a day job. Once I sort of really carved out my day in very specific ways like that, I found that I was actually being a lot more productive. It's like, okay, I have five hours while she's at school to get all this done. And I managed to do it most days. Like there, unless I'm just having a really off day, I can usually like really drill through my, my list. Um, Weekends, you know, I try not to work on the weekends unless I'm really on a deadline. I might wake up early and try to get some writing done. Um, but I really try to just reserve weekends for family time, um, spend some time with my husband who I don't see that often during the week and then, you know, play with the baby as much as I can. And, um, it doesn't, you know, some days are easier than others because like I said, I have a really hard time turning my brain off and I love what I do. So there are days when it's like a Saturday and I'm like, I just want to get back to the book and work, work, work. Um, but I know that I'll never get those hours back with my daughter. So you know, it's like the books, the work will be there. So, and I've had to, I've had to train my brain to do that. Um, but I, I, as soon as I sort of allowed myself to have working hours and then family hours, it's, it's giving me, um, I've been a lot more productive. Yeah. It helps a lot. It helps. It just helps with that balance. I'm the same way. Like I keep pretty strict hours and stuff. And, um, I, I take off Sundays. I usually work a few hours on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it's not like a full day type of thing. It, it makes, it makes a big difference and it really does help you, you know, when you have those work hours to put your attention and focus there. And then when you're off, you know, you can put your attention into your family. So absolutely. It makes and I'm difference. sure, I'm not sure. How old is your daughter? I forget. Seven. She'll be eight seven. in July. No, yeah. no, no. So fast. So yeah, so ours is 21 months. And so I imagine as she gets older, you know, it'll be easier. Yes. Like very much. I might actually be able to get something done while she's home or, you know, on a Saturday. But currently, if I even so much as look at my computer, my daughter's like, no, like give me attention. <laughs> like, when when they get to be 
I th- about five is the age. Like yeah. when, when she's about five, that's when she'll be able to kind of like be more independent and like self-sustaining yeah. and stuff. And, Absolutely. um, you know, I, like I can tell my, if, if I'm on a deadline or something, I can tell my daughter now, like, Hey, like hang out. Um, and, and I'm going to be, you know, out, I'm going to be in my office for a couple hours. Like don't come in here unless it's an emergency. And, uh, and she'll keep herself entertained, you know, yeah, like that, that might be time she watches a little TV or like plays yeah. video games or she, she loves to draw. So she'll sit there and draw a lot. And stuff, That's great. So. I love that. Yeah. And, and I had, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I had a lot of, um, before we had her, a lot of very romantic ideas about like, Oh, like, Oh, she'll be in the baby sling and I'll just be writing and no. like, or she'll, she'll nap in her bassinet while I finish my book. And it's like, Oh, anyone who's ever had a baby knows how that probably worked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I manage to sleep, uh, <laughs> otherwise she'd be crying and wants attention. As it turns out, it's very, very difficult to get anything done with a baby or toddler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, for me, like, I think it's interesting that you, um, kind of, you know, you started out writing and didn't have a kid and then have had to adjust. I, uh, when I start, I started my publishing, my writing publishing journey in 2014, I I've been full-time since 2017, but I started writing and publishing in 2014 in the fall and Haley was born in July. So she uh, was like a newborn. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and, um, but, but Catherine was cool enough to let me, you know, go come in the office at night and write. And, but I would, yeah. it was a lot of waking up early before work and doing it. Yeah. Um, day job. And- exactly. Yeah. But, um, but so I, I always, she was always in the picture whenever I was writing and stuff. So um, it was, so I, I could imagine going the other way and having to adjust. I mean, you figure it, it's like we were saying earlier when I was talking about going full time, like you figure it out. You figure you know? it out. Yeah. There's some growing pains and um, you know, we have obviously two, to working parent household. Um, so my husband's great. You know, I, I always say to people, I mean, obviously if you're already married, sorry, there's nothing you can do about it, but choose a spouse who's supportive of your dream of what Absolutely. you do because yeah. I could not do it without my husband because he just, I need that support. I need, I need him to believe in me when things are rough and I need him to help out with the baby. And, and he believes so much in my career that he's totally willing to take on, you know, we, we really share the parenting and uh, that's, I know not everyone has that maybe in their life or they don't have a spouse that can is able to do that, but, um, man, it helps. <laughs> no, it makes a huge, I mean, Catherine yeah. is very supportive of me when I wanted to pursue yeah. this. And like I said, she, we had a newborn and she was still cool with me doing, th- you know, r- doing the writing and, and all yeah. that. And, um, so that, yeah, I, I think a big thing you said is if you're still single, yeah, um, if you can make the choice. Um. Yeah, that's definitely something I would put value on. <laughs> For sure. You know, um, I want to come back to talking about parenthood, but I wanted to go, there's one more thing I want to touch <laughs> on too. Um, as far as like shutting your, you know, trying to turn your brain off, because you're right, like as creatives, we can't, whether you're a writer or a musician, it doesn't matter. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to shut your brain off. So yeah. like, um, is there anything that you do like not even just for your creative, you know, like, cause we don't really want to shut our creative brains off, but just to kind of like yoga meditation, yeah. like, Hey, do you do anything like that? I to- do. Yeah. So I meditate every day. I mean, awesome. most every day it's, it's my goal to meditate every day. Yeah. Um, 
I wake up. So I really try to start the day right. Um, you know, that whole miracle morning thing, right? <laughs> but I really, even Shout before out to I, Honoré. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I've always been a morning person. So I've always been somebody who likes to wake up and get a workout done. Um, but I definitely, every morning, I, as long as the kid hasn't woken up early, I'll wake up, I'll do some yoga for about 10 minutes. I meditate. Um, and then I, I'll try to read something, not the news, but like, um, I don't know, a writing book or even just a couple pages of a fiction book, just something to kind of like get my mind going. Um, and then I usually will try to do something, um, work related, but like on the weekends, I, I still do that. I still wake up and I do yoga and meditate and read. Um, I mean, I just don't do work, but I just, every day I try to like set my mind right that, um, the meditation really helps because it, it helps me to stop the crazy thoughts when they start to spiral. Um, you know, on the days where I'm like, okay, you're not working right now. Like just put it away or it helps me to kind of file it away for later. Like it's sort of, I've kind of that practice of like acknowledging that, oh, there's some thoughts coming in. And then if I'm working great, I can, you know, go write them down. But if I'm not, it's just like, make a note, file it down. Maybe I'll write it down. You know, I carry, I have notebooks everywhere. So I can, okay, here's a thought to think about later when you, cause you don't want to let a great idea slip away, of course, but I don't want to just start picking up my phone and making notes or running to my computer. So um, if I'm trying to be present with the family. Uh, so yeah, so I make an, okay, I've acknowledged that this great idea has come in or this thought has come in and I just make a note and I just, then I just push it out until it's time to sit down and work. Very rarely, unless I've like absolutely forgotten to do something critical, like, oh, you forgot to actually push publish or something like that. Very, <laughs> I, it's like very rarely is the the thing that comes up like an emergency, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously as an indie, sometimes we, we have things that must absolutely get done, but I would say as long as you're planning appropriately, very, very rarely is there like a true emergency. Um, so just tabling thoughts for later. And yeah. then just honestly, like the, the, the continual practice of just like calming the fuck down. Like I, you know, <laughs> like, like, oh my God, ideas, anxiety, da, 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 da. and just like, okay, just calm down. Like you don't need to do it right now. You know? Yeah. It's, I, I love, um, to me, the word practice doesn't, it, it, it's, it goes with meditation so well, cause that's exactly what you're doing is yeah. it, it does exactly what you say. It helps you when you get in those moments where, um, where you have, uh, where you need to like go back to that and be like, okay, this is why I meditated this morning. Like I need to just yeah. slow down, take a few breaths, you know, for me, yeah. like nothing has, has, you know, this has been a, this has been a really crazy year for me. This is, I tell people this has kind of been my 2020. <laughs> so, uh. um, and, uh, <clears throat> just with some things going on, but like, but meditation and like, and also reading about stoicism and just oh, like yeah. learning to live in the moment Absolutely. and don't big Ryan holiday fan. I'm a huge, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stillness is the key is like my favorite well, that that trilogy of books. But that one specifically, yeah, he's the one who got me turned on to modern stoicism. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have the Daily Stoic. Can we read that? Yeah, me day? too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's actually a, uh, I want to get him on this show. He's one of my oh. big guests I want to get. Oh, but, my God. Um, That'd be awesome. I would tune in for that. It would be great. Yeah. And um, like that stuff has helped, like the Daily Stoic and his writings and then <clears throat> um, meditation stuff has been 
so crucial for me, like yeah. for, you know, and, and helped me so much just have a calm mind and, and everything. Yeah. So uh, it, it really, really makes a big difference. And, oh. and with parenting. <laughs> yes. And with parenting, because a toddler is going to push your buttons. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I don't know if you're aware too, um, but Ryan Holiday also does a, uh, he does a daily email called the daily dad. Yep. I subscribe yep. to that. And I was yep. going to say, even as a mom, you would be. <laughs> even, even as a mom. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you will totally get stuff out of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I love he's, he's his awesome. approach to parenting. Yeah. Cause it I is hard, too. you know, balancing whether you're a creator or, or just any job. I mean, it's hard. Being a parent is really hard to balance work and parenting. And I think when you're self-employed in a creative position, like we are, where you could work 24 seven every single day, if you so chose finding that balance is, is hard. It is. And, and, and for me, you know, I, um, you know, I was having a conversation on my other podcast on Writers Inc with Jay and JD Barker a couple of weeks ago, and those guys are workaholics and, and that's fine. Like, that's what they want to do. And, but I was telling them, I'm like, man, like I, part of what I got into this whole thing for though, is not to do that, <laughs> you know, yes, exactly. it's not because I don't love what I do. It's just because I want to cultivate time for other things, you yes. know, like I, I want to go, um, like as soon as when we're done talking, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go see my buddy Kelby. Um, and I'm going to go ride my bike, like, and and stuff, you know, and I want to go out and do things like that, you know, so I keep pretty short work hours, usually, unless I'm really like, into like, on a deadline or whatever, then I will, you know, go a little bit longer. But, uh, but yeah, so for me, because I I think it, you know, kind of going to another thing I was wanting to ask you about that you mentioned was, you know, uh, you know, us getting to control our time is amazing. And you, you mentioned kind of in passing a second ago that when you had your daughter, you basically, you said you basically took a year off. Yeah, pretty much. But see, that's cool though, because you were, you know, and, and I'm sure the, you know, obviously I'm sure there's, if there's single parents listening, I know it's harder if you're in that situation, you know, but, but also you worked your butt off and have built up a back catalog where you have passive income coming in where you're able to do that. Absolutely. And it was, you know, obviously I had a a working spouse. Um, and so that helps, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't sure. Um, I had thought I was going to keep working, but I had of course intended to, um, I had intended to take a little bit of time, of course, to myself. And so I had planned ahead. So I had releases right before the baby was born. And then um, I really just for the first few months, I did nothing. I think maybe on occasion, I plucked away at a little bit of prose just to like, you know, it's a release. We got into this job because we love to write. So, um, but, and then I tried, you know, when she was a little bit a little bit older and I was sleeping a little bit better. I tried to get back. I think it was right around the time we moved to Nashville. Um, I started to kind of, she was about eight months old and I started to uh, mess around with it a little bit. I, so I was, it was writing, and but I just didn't put the pressure that I had to publish it, what I wrote. So I wrote a lot, like just sort of in my spare time or I dictated, I'm a big dictator. Nice. That sounds bad. I'm a dictator. Um, I, <laughs> I dictate my books a lot. So I would be out on a walk with her and I would just be sort of like dictating into my phone. And so I still kind of kept the creativity up a little bit, but I just didn't have any of that pressure that this stuff had to publish. So nothing, you know, I didn't really publish anything in 2021. I don't think I published anything. 
maybe I think of one short story, I think. Um, and, but then when it, you know, 2022 came around, I had this body of work that I was like, okay, now I can get down to business. I'm sort of back to work and now I can finish the stuff, polish it, you know, really get things back in order. So I think allowing myself to your question, just being in a position where I could guilt-free just sort of take that time, kind of uh, take a maternity leave, essentially a yeah. very long maternity leave um, and be present was with my daughter was something so valuable to me. And again, one of the reasons why I got into writing, being a creator is because I wanted to have the flexibility to live life as well as work. Um, and that's, and I get it. Not everyone has that luxury, um, but I'm really grateful for it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Did yeah. you, when you, uh, when you took that time off, like, did you, uh, were you in the middle of a series or anything like that or? Uh, yes, I was. Um, you know, my question is to that. Then. How did that yeah, go it was. So I, I will not say that it was all, it was all sunshine and roses. Um, it definitely was, it was difficult for me. I had, I mean, a lot happened, of course. Like I was a few months pregnant when, when COVID hit yeah. and the world fell apart. And so it was, it was kind of like a uniquely strange setup. Um, I might've gone back to work a little sooner, but like, you know, we didn't have anyone that could come watch the baby because of COVID and all that. So, um, um, but I was, I was actually working on the last book in a series and it got completely derailed because of everything. Um, I thought I would get, like I said, I thought I would get a little bit done when I was, when she was a baby. Um, but it was just so much hard because you don't sleep uh, in the beginning. Yeah. So I really wasn't in a position to be writing anything. Um, and so it was a little challenging. I was in the middle of a couple of, I had thought I would, um, continue on with the series, but it got put on hold for a year. And, um, and I will be honest, like my sales died, like there was some, you know, there was some, like some of it kept going, but, um, everyone was stuck at home reading. So I think there was, I was, I lucked out. Some people kept, kept reading, but I just, I didn't do anything. And I really wasn't on social media. I really just wasn't promoting. I wasn't doing much of anything. And so, you know, it, I had to kind of accept that things were going to kind of die and then um, when I went back to work, I had some work to do to kind of like, hi, remember me? Like, yeah. you know, introducing myself to my newsletter and my social media. And it took a little bit of work, but um, but I came back pretty fast. So nice. So are you like back up to about where you were before? Are you doing better? Like still kind of chasing or? Yeah. So I I'm back up to where I would say I am. Um, I'm back up to where I was before. Nice. I kind of am working on um, a few. I took I decided to to jump in slowly. Um, there were some projects that were in the works, and I wanted to really take my time getting back to them. Um, I will say my very first book that I finished um, post baby post pandemic that I thought was amazing, and I sent it off to my editor, and she's like, "Huh." not quite where you used to be. Like, I think <laughs> maybe you're a little rusty. Um, and so I realized I was like, Oh, okay. I might need to like polish up my, my skills again a little bit, just because you're kind of out of the game for a while. You just sort yeah. of, I don't know. Um, and so I, I took some time to, I took some time to kind of get back into it slowly. So I would say maybe I'm not a hundred percent back to where I was, but, um, but I'm working on it. And, um, I published two books this year and then I have, um, a, I'm actually re-releasing a series um, okay. throughout the rest of the year. So I'm going to have kind of a lot happening. Um, so I've spent some time rebranding and, and reworking on that. 
Nice. Um, so hopefully by the end of this year, things will be back to normal. <laughs> do, do you feel that that time off? Like, do you feel like it? Uh, I mean, you said obviously that you had to kind of get back in and like get your chops back up. But do you feel like that that re-energized you or because of all the stuff going on, like maybe you didn't even have time to really think about that or? You know, honestly, so in the moment, I will say it was, there were some struggles because I was so anxious to get back um, yeah. to work. Cause I, That's like, how I, I love, would be. I love what I do. And so there were times where I had a really difficult time um, to just be honest. Like it was, it was great to be home with my daughter, but there were times when I'm like, yeah, playing with this rattle is great, but I would love to be working right now, you know, and um, just to be honest. And so there were, there were some struggles. However, it gave me, before all that happened, I was sort of straddling genres. And I know one of the biggest things we tell indies is like pick a lane and stay there. And I had bounced around a lot and I was kind of not a hundred percent sure where I wanted to go long-term. And so I took that time to really evaluate like what, what gives you, you know, which genre really gives you passion and joy? Um, where's your mind going without the pressure of publishing? Which stories are, are you gravitating toward writing? And, and so it gave me some clarity in that sense that I really was able to drill down like, okay, when I go back, this is specifically what I want to write for the, at least the next decade of my career. Um, and so it gave me, I guess, some clarity without that like constant publishing and working and being in the moment. Um, I was able to really focus on some long-term thinking and some branding thoughts so that when I went back, I was able to kind of go in with a plan, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You're it's, it's funny. You're that's like a similar position to what I'm in right now where I'm, oh, yeah. where I'm like, like, I love writing in the post-apocalyptic genre, but it's, mm-hmm my readers really like the zombie stuff. And that's not really what I really want to be writing in this genre. Now I'm so kind of my whole thing is, and I, I, you know, I love the series I'm writing right now, but it it is zombie. And, um, but when I'm done with it, like part of what I'm doing is I'm trying to, I'm trying to buy myself time to take a risk and write what I really want to write. Yeah. And, and I have this, I have this idea for this series I really want to do, but it is more risky. And, but it's what I really want to write. It's still post-apoc, but it kind of crosses genre a little bit. Yeah. And, um, but I'm in this position now where I'm like, look, like this, this is what I'm trying to wrap my head around what you, what you're, where you were at, where it's like, what do I really want to be writing? And I feel like I'm finally in this position where like financially and just where I'm at, like I can actually take the risk now and actually go for it. Absolutely. I think you have to take advantage of those moments where you can do that. And it's hard, you know, switching genres is always hard. Like I, my very first series I wrote was like a young adult dystopian series, you know, and it was fun, but it was like, okay, I don't actually want to live in that world. And then I was like, I'm going to try my hand at, you know, a romance. I was like, I don't like that. And then I finally, you know, found the thrill. I write, um, I write thrillers and like domestic suspense. And I found that and I wasn't sure it was so traditionally dominated at the time, you know, a few yeah. years back that I didn't, you know, cause you know, kind of, I don't know, people were having success in sort of these niche genres in indie. And I didn't know if I needed to find something, you know, I don't know, weirder, like some kind of offshoot of romance or sci-fi or something, but really my heart is in good old fashioned, like mysteries and thrillers. And I decided, I was like, you know what, that's actually what I'm good at too. And I'm just going to lean into it and own it. And, um, 
And it was like, as soon as I really went after what, where my heart really was, then I found, I found my groove and my readers have really responded. So advice to you is like, you know, if that's what, if you, if you, if you know where your heart really wants to be, you know, maybe it's time to take a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to, so I have a, uh, I think I'm going to, when I'm done with the series, I'm, I'm probably going to take time and write a standalone novel that I've been wanting to write for a while, which I'm actually going to, uh, I'm going to shop to agents. Oh, you should. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another point in my career I'm at where like, I want to try to break into traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, because my whole thing with that too, is like worst case scenario, if it doesn't get picked up, I'll just self-publish it, (laughs) you know? And Um, I actually, I'm going through this right now. Um, okay. I was gonna. That's, I was going to ask you if you were, Okay. Yeah. So I have an agent um, and it's actually my second agent. Um, The first one, I was with her for a little while, but we just didn't really see eye to eye. Um, Love my agent. She's fantastic. She represents some really great authors. Um, And she really, it fully respects the independent publishing path. So she believes solidly that like the best path forward is to have a hybrid career. So I recommend finding an agent who, you know, highly respects the indie, the indie world. Otherwise it can get weird, but um, so she's fabulous. So she has a book that she's been shopping a standalone thriller, kind of domestic thriller kind of thing. Um, and so we're working on that and she's helping me really with branding and all that. Um, and then I actually, so do you know Nick Thacker? Yeah. I don't okay, know so him, but I know the name. You know who he is. So his, his new publishing, it is a traditional publisher model. Um, but he is a very successful indie author, of course. Um, he picked up my one of my old series to rebrand, okay. release. Um, so it's kind of it, it's it's like it's traditional in the sense that you know I'm handing over my my work for somebody else to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know the marketing and the rebranding and, and all that. Um, but you know he's obviously operating in a slightly different. So I um, to your point, I got to a certain point in my career where I was like. I like, I love indie publishing and there's so much I love about it, but I was ready to sort of branch out and try new things. And, and I think the future forward is to have your hands in lots of different areas of, of publishing. I think it's not one or, you know, one or the other. And I don't think they have to operate um, as enemies either. You know, I don't think it's, it's, and I I think any traditional agent worth their soul is going to recognize that. I think so. Yeah. Especially the progressive ones, you know, yeah. like um, J- JD, who I do writers Inc with, you know, his, his, his agent, Kristen Nelson. Oh, is, she's great. Yeah. That's, that's his agent. And she's very uh, much the same way. Like she, yeah. she is very much will tell him like this, we should traditionally publish this or we can, you know, yeah. um, maybe this is something you should do indie or whatever. And, but like, even like some of the, bigger authors are starting to see, you know, we had on Writers Inc. recently, we interviewed Dean Koontz. Oh, and, wow. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and he just, he's on, an, he's with an Amazon imprint now, but he's also been doing stuff indie. That's and, great. He signed with yeah. Thomas Mercer or something, right? Yeah, yeah, he's with Thomas and Mercer, but he'd also yeah. done some stuff independently. And, you know, but he was, he talked about in there, he's like, yeah, they're just, they're so far ahead what a lot of the traditional publishers are doing. Yeah. But, but I think to your point, um, too many authors look at when they're looking at indie versus traditional, they're looking at it as an either or situation and yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know, no. you can like the way I look at it. Like if I sell this book and I get an agent and they shop it or whatever, like that's just one book. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 37 years old. Like I'm going to write a lot more books and, 
and Definitely. not, you know, if you sign the right contract, you, obviously you get agents who get like first right to refusal type of thing or whatever. Sure. You got to know um, who you're signing, but. Yeah. But if you get into the right deal, then you don't have to, you know, make that like JD, that position he's in, you know, he, where, um, you know, he co-writes with James Patterson, obviously those books are traditionally published, but yeah. then, but then, um, you know, he has his indie stuff too. He has a solo stuff that he traditionally publishes. So, um, it just, uh, yeah, it just, it doesn't have to be an either or decision. I agree. And I'm always, you know, something I, if I'm ever giving advice to writers, I don't think, I don't think I'm qualified to give anyone advice, but if I ever do, <laughs> uh, People come to me for advice. I'm like, me? Like, I still have imposter syndrome, right? We, we uh, all do. <laughs> every, we all have imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. You know, I always say, be wary of people who tell you there's one right or wrong way to do something yeah. or anyone who's like, oh, you know, you will get those indies that really bash traditional publishing. And I find that, or vice versa, you'll get traditional publishers, you know, authors that bash indie publishing. And I find that the people who do that don't really have any experience with the other side and they don't really know I mean maybe sometimes someone had a bad experience once upon a time or but it's just there you know the world is constantly the world of publishing is constantly changing um not all publishers are the same not all indie authors are the same and I think you have to make the right choices for your career and the way you work and 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 recognize that like unless you're willing to adapt with the industry and like I don't know, like you, you might get left behind if you're so stuck and just doing things one way. Um, I think once upon a time, indie, you know, indie authors couldn't get a deal with Netflix and now they do. And, um, you know, so it's just be open-minded and understand that there might be a different path or you might be able to tackle it in many different ways. We're at the end of the day, we're just story storytellers, right? Like we just want to get our story out there. So you know, read the contract hundred percent. Like don't yeah. sign away your rights forever, but yeah. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a really good place for us to wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so, but, uh, you could take a moment, tell people where they can find you, any specific books you want to promote, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you can find me. So Amanda J clay, you can find me at Amanda J clay.com. I'm most active on Instagram, um, at Amanda J clay author. You're easy to find. You always have a drink in your hands. So. I know, right? Yeah, you, you can find me pretty easily. Um, and I am, I'm playing around with TikTok. I haven't been as consistent. Um, it's just harder to get that done. But always happy to reach out and connect with fans. Uh, my most recent, uh, let's see, do I have, I think I have a copy of it here. Um, <laughs> the series that um, I'm sort of pimping out right now, it's um, the Point Redwood series. So Shallow Water is book one. Um, nice. Books two and three were released this year. So I write um, mystery thrillers, kind of domestic in nature, the little bit gritty. Um, if you know, if you don't like uh, some foul mouth heroines, you might not like my books, but, <laughs> but they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. So um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. So. Awesome. And thank you so much for having me on the show. This was a blast. Of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate you taking us the time and coming on and um, we will definitely get together and have coffee soon. Yes, I would love to. Coffees are, you know, I, I really like martinis. Too. Well, we can go for a drink. We can, yeah, we, can, we, can <laughs> <laughs> we can absolutely go do that. So. Sounds good. Awesome. So. All right, Amanda, thanks. Thank you so much, Zach. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Creator Dad Podcast. To make sure you never miss an episode, hit that subscribe button on your podcast app 
and consider leaving a review on the show while you're there. And if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell another creative friend about it. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.